What it do is your big homie Fiend, F-I-E-N-D, shout it. International Jones, you're now tuned in and watching Nola Z. Okay. <laughs> Hey, so before we start, I want to give you all your flowers for being one, like, writer, being in the music industry over 30 years? Um, I'm under 30. Oh, all right. I won't say too long. Uh, that's okay. Um, maybe successfully 24, 25 maybe, but I'm grateful still and all. I'm just grateful to still be here, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So, you know, we're going to start it off early, like, on what age... Mm-hmm. Did you actually begin um, to become one? Well, what age did you become one? I'm an actual I'm a music artist. Um, I think it had to be probably like um, I don't know. Tell me this: How would you describe what makes a person an official music artist? And maybe that could let me give you like extensive detail because I was featured on somebody's project when I was 16, right? But I was recording before that, yeah. right? But professionally, the first thing I was on out came out when I was 16. Okay, so for you know, for my understanding of it, like, I would say that, you know, and the first time a person, I'm like, rap doesn't mean they're a music artist yet. Yeah, you're a music artist when you actually go to a studio mm. and, and you know, put it on wax and mm. actually put it out too, cause like, right, right, you know, right. because some people made music and like yeah, never put, put it out. out. Right, ah, right. Well, I'm gonna say it had to be 16. 16 years of age, my brother had died, and my neighborhood I felt took me and like my village just kind of put me under their arm and kind of kept me out of harm's way and was like um, pouring back into me every which way they could. I think off the fact of the relationship they have with my brother and the respect they have for my brother and my family, period. So 16, 16 years of age, Black Minutes allowed me to get on their first EP that they dropped on Holly Grove Records. And I got on a song called uh, Holly Grove at 17. And they let me do a verse dedicated to my brother who had just passed away. Gotcha. So growing up in Holly Grove, for yourself, hey, but how it was for you? Uh, it was dope, man. Like, um, I, growing up in Holly Grove was like, man, I felt like damn near like Simba, you heard me? In a village with my daddy was like a Mufasa, you know, in our own community. That's not to take on the gate nobody else in our village. Uh, my street, my neighborhood, my family, I felt like that because my, my grandmother owned maybe 85, 90% of the block I stayed on. You heard me? I grew up four hours from when Bounce Music was invented. You know what I'm saying? Four houses away from Ghost Town, which is big time tips. Across the street from a bar my dad ran for my grandmother called Morris Lounge. Holly Grove was the shit. You know, no bullshit. It, it was the shit. Maybe had one fight outside my brother. That was just siblings, right? Just bumping heads. But Holly Grove was absolutely the shit, bro. Right. And speaking of Ghost Town, like, mm. you know, when I was young, I thought Ghost Town was an actual town. But I just interviewed right. um, I just interviewed on like T.T. Tucker and he like kind of explained what mm-hmm. it was and you know he was telling me about his whole journey of Bounce like but mm-hmm. how old were you when on like Bounce music came out? So check it. <laughs> um, 
Shout out T.T. Tucker. Shout out DJ Irv. Shout out the Ghost Recipes. Ghost. Shout out to uh, Boobalee, everybody that own our tips. Uh, when Bounce, when Tucker picked up the mic for the first time, when T.T. Tucker picked up the mic for the first time and said where he at, I was outside the club sitting on my porch and heard the uproar to my left four houses down. You know what I'm saying? It was in the houses of Running Drag Rap, Trigger Man, and Browns Beat, produced by Cameron Paul, intertwining them two off of that little loop off the showboys drag rap, you heard me? And I was there to hear him, where he at, where he at, fuck David Do, fuck David Do. I see, I see, you know what I'm saying? I'm a kid. I had to be in my single digits, you heard me? Maybe like 11, maybe nine, my bad, nine, 10. You heard me? Single going on to my double digits when that really, you know, like came out to existence for real. Gotcha. And I was going to wait um, until like a little like later to ask you this, mm -hmm. but like, you know, I have to ask this while speaking on Ghost Town. Like, when did you meet Soulja Slim? Because I remember he had mm -hmm. like he made a rap that he was too young to actually go in Ghost Town. So in my mind, like, maybe he was on the porch with you. <laughs> what what happened was I grew up in a gross slam was from the three. But um when I moved to another part of Uptown, you know what I mean? That's when I was able to see Slim on his porch cutting hair while I was coming back into this new neighborhood, right? Didn't even know that was him. You know what I mean? My life is a a different type of life. We'd be here, this would be volume one, two, three, we'd be here, like you know what I mean, like I'm a different version of the city. But um, but my bloodline is 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 gravy. My bloodline gravy. You hear me? My I ain't got red blood. My shit gravy. You hear me? And um, Slim, I moved uptown. Right, my mom and my dad ain't see eye to eye. My mom was like, we gonna we gotta bust a move. Right, we went to another part of uptown, not you know off the parkway. You hear me? So round the corner from me, you know what I'm saying? I got KLC three nine. Uh, 39 Pies, 39 Pies, the Parkway Pumping Records, Lil Elt, Soda Slim. You know what I'm saying? I got all these people around the corner. Mystical Mike. It was Mystical Mike. Not mystical. It was Mystical Mike. He was around the corner and I was oblivious to this while I was walking to um to Green. I'm going to Sammy J. Green now. And I did I visit the corn. But these all these people was already around in the vicinity, bro. You heard me? Why well, I had Moose and Devious come and ride from out the east or whatever, all the way to this part of uptown to come get me. These people around the corner from me. So that was a real trippy part to eventually, like I said, to get with No Limit and to working with KL. But Slim, that's how I first seen Slim. Passing on his mama porch, cutting hair. They know the little dude gonna be on his porch, he cutting hair. If you're in the neighborhood, you need a haircut, you don't go all the way back to High Grove. Uh, Slim, Slim cut hair. Yeah. And I just didn't want, I like, missed a part, but just in case he right. was on the porch right, with you, right, right. when he said he was too young right. to get ghost he town. He definitely was too young to get ghost town. <laughs> I was too young, you know he was too young to get ghost town. All right, Peter Slum, you heard me? Much love to his sister, Peaches, and his mama, Miss Linda Tapp, you heard me? So we're going to bring it back. Um, and so hip hop made 50 years. Right, wow. So you growing up being influenced by mm. hip hop. And but I want you to name some rappers that actually influenced you. To actually become a rapper. Rappers that influenced me to want to do this shit. Eric B and Rock Kim first. You know what I 
that's a Sonic, Big Daddy Kane, Public Enemy, um, Steady B, Heavy D, you hear me? Um, producer Molly Maul, you hear me? Karis One, NWA, and the list goes on. And then outside of that, me being at home, being able to watch the screen for myself and see this culture, this, uh, this genre of music blossom and pop out of nowhere from my age group, right? I had locally me and X, Tim Smooth, MC Thick, Buzz Down, MC Dart, um, and um, a slew of other people. You heard me? So I, I was, I feel like I've heard the best, so I can only be the best. You know what I'm saying? I saw it on TV, that's one thing. To see it outside of my front porch in my front yard in my neighborhood in my community made it that much more surreal. You know what I'm saying? And that's crazy because, you know, like with you being from Uptown, Holly Grove as well, like, I don't see it now, but back in the day, like, the whole city actually, I'm like, embraced it, but the rap was coming from the West Bay because yeah. you, uh, because you just mentioned MC Thick and Tim and Tim Smooth. Yeah, and Bust Down. Right, so right. shout out Bust Down. I just interviewed him as well. Yeah, legend. Um, legend. So like, far as your knowledge, like, like, did you see and like the evolution of like the West Bank, like, and like coming to the East Bank and like and actually making noise? Well, every everybody was holding it down for their section, period. Shout out to um um, Joe Black too. I hate to leave him out. Uh, everybody was holding it down. The West Bank is where I got my first fan base and first love from when I dropped the baddest motherfucker alive. My shows was on the West Bank. I couldn't figure that out for the life of me. You hear me? And West Bank, man, a powerful bank, man. I want to give them their love and their respect. Um, I don't think, as a kid watching them do it, I don't think, shout the to Four Pack too, you hear me? Um, I don't think the division wasn't, you know, just because you was from where you was from. If you was nice, you was nice. We didn't know it was an issue until we heard most one deposit talking about it was a West Bank thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't know. And then it was real. Like, you know, cats dissing each other on songs. That shit was real, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to hide the morph to now, that was a no-no. Like, you, you got to be ready for whatever come with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it wasn't, the West Bank was coming with it, bro. How the, how the hell, how the fuck you denied Tim Smooth? How the fuck you denied MC Thick Buzz Down? You hear I me? Mean? And if I'm not mistaken, it's, tell me if I'm wrong, Joe Black's from the West Bank. Joe Black and, and on like Mobile Joe. I shout out to Mobile, the Mobile Camp, you hear I me? Mean? So just to keep it funky, they was, they was doing, they was, man, if, if you want to say the West Bank was another place and you want to say, like, okay, well, who represented, man? Shout out to that West Bank. They held it down for their side. The East Bank was a given, son. It's like, it's not the, it's not to even be played with. Uptown or slaughter anything on a mic. I, I, I can't even name all the MCs, you hear yeah, me? Uptown is, bro, you hear me? It's beyond official. That Seven Ward official, that Night Ward. That's what I love about our city. It's just that um I think in a bigger picture, we shouldn't have waited for labels to bring us together. We already had something, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wasn't paying them studio bills, neither. Shit was $100, $150 an hour. Everybody, you know, if you're going up and you're spending real bread, you hear me? Everybody wasn't doing that shit, you hear me? So everybody couldn't do it. It's like, to me, it's like, 
it's like a habit until it's a habit and a hobby till it's a job, till it's like it's making you an income. You heard me? So shit, that's like stunting. You heard me? You buying clothes, promoting yourself, recording the studio. That shit costs bread, son. And everybody couldn't do it. Yeah, but I always tell, you know, like rappers nowadays, like, y'all, like, probably 80% of y'all wouldn't be a be a music artist if y'all had to do it 20 years ago. If you because, had to spend your own bread, yeah, son. Yeah, yeah, just the music video alone costed at least five grand to maybe 60 10 k and you <laughs> shot independently. You're talking to a man that spent 152 bands himself on putting out music, on putting a plan together, on delegating who to hire to run your company until you can run your company yourself. That's what I enjoyed about No Limit. That's what I enjoyed about Big Boy Records. That's what I enjoyed about the labels I was on. Of course, you want to make money, but um, shout out to Birdman and Sugar Slum the Don, you hear me? Um, of course, you want to make money, but being able, what I call being behind that velvet rope and that velvet curtain to learn the business is a different type of investment. You heard me? Like, you got to have a different type of patience, son. You feel me? You got you to gotta have a different type of patience to be around somewhere that can't translate liquid cash, you know what I'm saying, to replace, you know what I'm saying, what you, your daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, you know what I'm saying, survival. Because you got to be a survivor to know that it's like college. College giving you a piece of paper and some education and you in, are in hopes to go get that to get make a living, right? To a living. You're going to spend 100 bands hoping to go get you 150 bands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's gambling. It's gambling. So if you're able to be around a Percy Miller, a, a Birdman, a Lil J, a, a P from QC, a... Um, a Moose's Jet Life. Uh, 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 let me speak on my new kings out here killing it. Um, what's my a Fee Banks, a Wheezy Wee, you heard me? A Mac Main. Um, you you are fortunate to want to learn the business because there's not a college that could teach you this, right? To learn hands on. Oh my God, bro! And I was around Chuck, um, Rob Shaw, Precise, and I and I saw the artist, so I got to see it from. The whole page. Most people record and leave. I record and I'm I'm chilling. So you so you are one true like student of the game. I think I'm a student of the game, a, a hip hop baby. You know what I'm saying? Like just born in hip hop and love it so much that I got to I get to be am going to be involved in it. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. I built a brand off of partnering people with brands. You know what I'm saying? And that's big, bro. You know what I'm saying? Even a dime could black out the sign, you feel me? And 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 that's what I learned. I, you know, for these people to answer calls for me, Craig Calman, Mike Karen, Aaron Bay Shuck, for these presidents of labels, you heard me? Like stroking $250 million deals, bro. Like for them to answer the phone, that's big to me. I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's like a reference. You know, you got more wins than you got L's. Look at Jordan. Y'all remember the six, but don't remember the, the, the 15 he went there or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So my thing is, um, if you could be in that space, everybody don't want to be in that space of music business. It's to be funky. You know what I mean? Um, it's just about, you know, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to catch me a lick, catch me a few dollars. You know what I mean? Change my life. Mama, take care of mama. You feel me? Yeah.
Gotcha. So we know I'm about to bring it back. Yeah, by all means. Hey, but I'm about to walk. I'm like, through your journey. Yeah, yeah. So let's start it off by how did you come up, I'm like, with the rap name Fiend? The rap name Fiend came about my partner Rivers from the Tent War. Shout out to Riv, you know what I mean? Riv, we used to be in the hallways at Corn. When I went to Walter Corn, yeah, on 3520 Dry Street, the original Corn. You know what I mean? Um, Riv used to be, we used to be rapping on the hallways. And Riv used to say, man, your tone, your voice, man, remind me of Rock Kim. You need to be some type of fiend, Rich. I'm telling you, you need to be some type of fiend. So I used to be like, I love my guy. I love my dog. You hear me? So I'm like, let me work with that. So pitch, I went left, feel crazy. My name was Anti-Fiend, right? What the fuck, right? So pitch, I'm like running with that. Had that shit airbrushed on a shirt and shit. You feel me? Like, you know, putting that together. And it just wasn't like that. Fiend then got downsized when I went to, I had a, um, an intro on Wild Wayne's show. Wild Wayne had this thing when you call it on his show, or you or he'll let you do an intro before his show came on, right? And it was big as everybody was listening, right? I had an intro for Wild Wayne. Shit got played. Uh, J-Dog from Black Men has played it for Chuck. And like they played that shit on a Wednesday, Thursday. They heard it again. Friday, I was in the studio. Saturday, I was signing Big Boy Records. You know what I'm saying? How old were you? I had to be like 17, you know, 18. But the thing about the name is, I got in the studio, it's a listening session. Sykes, like, DJ Precise, was like, come to the studio. I'm on the wall, right? He working on a beat for Sporty T. You heard me? Rest in peace to Sporty T. Shout out to his family, you feel me? Um, he making a beat. Sporty T not there. We off a sound service off a of Diamond Road out in New Orleans East. And um, what happened was, I'm, in, I'm standing on the wall, Sykes making a beat with uh, his guitar guy, Sean Tarzier at the time. And the guy was playing his bass line, boom, 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 boom. So I'm on the wall like this. It was just no problem. My head hurt me. Sykes put some drums for it, and I just was like, I'm the best motherfucker. I'm mumbling some shit. And Sykes went, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say, bro, what are you over there saying? I said, I'm the baddest motherfucker. Man, hold on, play the Say that with this for me one time. I'm the baddest motherfucker alive. Man, he like get in the booth, bro. He got on the phone. Say, sport it. This Sykes. I know I'm in a session working on a beat for you right now, but um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with something and I'm gonna do something with it. Can I make something else for you? Without even blinking, Sporty was like, yeah, yeah, size, bro, go ahead, bro. You know what I'm saying? Do your thing, size. That's how Sporty talk. You heard me? And he got off the phone. I recorded the baddest motherfucker live. Saturday I was signed, Will Horton shooting my first music commercial to the baddest motherfucker alive. And it got on the box and that shit, it went viral as far as our world, as far as New Orleans. And like, you know, and like a lot of people don't give big boy records. And with their credit, their flowers, ever since like Chuck passed. Because, you know, if he made so what you knew about big boy records. He but like when he passed, oh, you know, if that name kind of never like get that recognition that, you know, it deserved. So like, how, like, you know, I want you to, to kind of like chime in, actually, actually, what does big boy records mean I mean, to the city of New Orleans? Big Boy Records mean to the city of New Orleans uh, should mean as much as any landmark. You know what I mean? Like Streetcar, all labels, Take Four Records, Cash Money Records, um, and a shout out to a bunch of other record labels. They pillars, bro. They pillars, bro. Like, um, they gave us something to do on the weekend. They gave us new favorite local artists that you could know you can do it. 
You know what I'm saying? Gave an opportunity for marketing promotion to get you out there to build a fan base. You know what I'm saying? This is the label that gave us uh, Mystical. This is the label that gave us Ghetto Twins, Partners in Crime, you heard me, Sporty T, um, 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 Black Menace, G Slim, The Boot Camp, Click, Insane, um, Lil Lip, you heard me? Um, um, what's my man? Um, my bad, I, I forgot one or two people, a couple people, but like, yeah, bro, they played a pivotal part. We was doing concerts on Canal, you heard me, in these big, serious venues, you heard me? I'm doing concerts, I'm 18 in the back of a limousine, you know, getting paid to do one song, right? One song locally. I can go I can go back to school come Monday, bro. You hear me? <laughs> you hear me? So, um, shout out to Big Boy Records, bro. Huge and pivotal, you know, and all other independent labels that were here. Um, they all played their part. Everybody was serious, bro. They was just as serious as the mall or something, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because they had um, people running to Peaches, Odyssey Record Stores, making them money also, you hear me? It really fed the city and they fed the community. So yeah, no doubt. Right, just so you know, and we still are like walking down that journey. Let's so go there, you know, able to you know, able to leave Big Boy Records. Mm. So how many years did it take for you to end up working back with um, KL and actually signing to Master P? Um, after Big Boy Records, um, I had I guess you could just say I was taking a break, transition, trying to figure something out. You remember, I wasn't signing nobody for maybe a couple years. Um, but I ended up getting with some people and recording some things. Um, you know, shout out to Moo, Moosey, you know what I'm saying? 504 Moosey, you know what I mean? Moo, before I even signed the Big Boy Records, we was already recording a project in the studio. This is the person outside of devious, outside of anybody that I had met in the music industry that decided to go in their own pockets and invest in me into recording into recording toward my career. You hear me? Him and DJ Jazz, you know what I'm saying? The, the, um, the DJ for Black Minutes. I ended up getting with Big Boy. After Big Boy, I, um, I kind of was chilling and was working with Kane and Abel, which was going by Double Vision at the time. You hear me? And um, I got on a couple songs, did some writing, and you know, we just was jammed, you know what I mean? And um, they eventually called an opportunity to work with No Limit and do a joint venture. And um, once they got out there, these are my dogs, I'm out there, KL was like, um, come on out here, you know what I mean? And before that, Mia got me and Mac on her album, you know what I mean? Um, so shout out to Mia. Mia was one of the first people to say, come out here to No Limit and get on a song with me for a No Limit release. And then they went to the Cannon Abel, um, doing the joint venture, becoming Cannon Abel from Double Vision. And um, that we went and talked, and KL was talking to P like, man, uh, it'd be good if we had this dude here. You know, I think this would be dope if he here. I think we need this cat, um, if my memory serves me well. And it, it, man, I did Don't Fuck Around on the Body soundtrack, and that shit was over. Right, now I ain't gonna lie to you. It was the first time I heard you, mm. hey, but my cousin had a Z28 with loud sound. Ooh. And I heard Mr. Womp Womp. Oh, for sure. I didn't even know who Fee was. Like, sure. Whoever helped me at this beat right. went crazy. Went crazy, right? That's so hard. I want you to bring it back to the first time you heard Talking Like I Bring mm. It and Mr. Womp Womp beat before you even rapped on it. Okay, that's crazy. Picture, um, I dropped, uh, which makes 
uh, anniversary for me, May 5th, there's when their family came out, May 5th, 1998. Um, the album that talking like I bring it in street life, I mean, is is street life, and Mr. Womp Womp is on street life. That came out July 6th, 1999. Talking like I bring it, I was, uh, I had the chorus first. You know what I mean? I think I had the chorus first. That's another thing that was dope about working with Kate. Kate can make a beat around the vibe of the melody sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Kind of hear where the melody is going. And if, if, if and if it wasn't talking like I bring it with melody, I know it was Mr. Womp Womp. Because I had it and was scared to do the song. Thought I'd be making it such a commercial something. You know what I mean? And I thought I I ruined my career. I was scared to scared scared as fucking shit, bro. No bullshit. I'm like, man, you gonna do this fucking song? Bitch, it's gonna be over for you. You hear me? <laughs> it's a rap nigga. I'm like, man, this nigga did this. Since so happened, I, I went by KL house, and uh, he's like, what you want to do? I said, I want to do a want song. It's gonna be good, Mr. Want Want. He like, for real? Cause he the reason why I said. You know what I mean? Mr. Womp, that even came about for me doing a Silk Soldier song. And my verse started all about me saying, Want my problems, remember me, fiend, the one that told the shot it. And I was so excited to get on my first Soldier song. I was like, I'm about to eat this bitch, you heard me? Bro, I was like, Womp, 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 like get ready to say Womp, right? That nigga went, Skrrr. Say, bro, uh, what what are you saying up in there? I said, what? I'm like, what, what, what's he saying, my dog? What? He said, no, 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 no. What are you saying before your verse come on? I said, uh, he's like, bro, whatever you saying, say that shit again before your verse, right? Round. I said, want my problems, remember me fiend, the one that told the shot. That nigga was like this in the in the, in the, in the uh, uh, engineer room. We was at like, like that, right? The fast forward, we do want, I said, I'm, I said, wrong. The chorus gonna go womp 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 womp, and I was like, I'ma hype myself up. Day yeah, day yeah. I'ma hype. I'ma I'ma zone out. That nigga was like, fuck that. I'm about to make the beat not. Nah. You heard me? That bitch with the hitting. He was bang 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 bang. He found some stabs right, and out of nowhere, that nigga got on that fucking hit a keyboard. This nigga used to always get on, dog. I should be like, either it was gonna go well, or either he's gonna be like, this nigga touching that same fucking sound. You heard me? Boy, that nigga pull up that fucking keyboard. I got to think of the name of that bitch. And I heard do 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 do. I was like, oh shit, dog. And I fucking just lost it, dog. I lost it. I don't know if it was hip hop. I don't know if it was motherfucking fucking southern east. I don't know what the fuck it was. I got it off my chest. You heard me? And come to find out, that is one of the fucking songs that end up fucking going. Take it out. I'm gonna tell you how God worked, you hear me? The song was never supposed to have a video. Right? I would love to say I'm such a fucking genius. I'm such a fucking genius that I decided to do this. But it I I, I gotta give praises to, you hear me? I'm always giving praises, praises to you hear me. I didn't know if I'd get two videos for street life. Right? Nigga gone one and done you. You got one video? Move on. <laughs> you heard me? So what I said was this here. I was supposed to go to the West Coast and shoot talking like I bring it. And that felt weird to me. I was like in Santa Clara. I was somewhere. San Bernardino somewhere, right? Nah, don't get me wrong. They shooting a real video for me. We're going to make it work, right? But I was like, I really wish I could shoot this in the city. Now, I'm not saying nobody was like, fuck what you talking about. But I really want to shoot in the city. Fam, somehow I was shooting a video out there. Something went wrong. And they said, we can't shoot the video no more, right? So, it said, 
if you want, it'd be less money. You can shoot it in New Orleans. But I lost it. I was like, oh, for sure. But we set that shit up. I had a trailer on my block, dog. On my block. You hear me? Like the movies, you feel me? A, a movie trailer. You hear me? Like, I'm, this is my, 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 uh, my trailer. While I'm, you hear me? I'm chilling. I'm rolling them back to back. You mean, I'm, dog, I'm, you hear me? On the corner of Big Time Tips Ghost Town. I got a trailer on my block, dog. That's why the video was like it what it was. I was supposed to shoot talking like I bring it. I said, I don't know if I'm getting another budget. Let me shoot Mr. Want Want too. You heard me? Because they said, Fiend, the song's so short. You should, if you could do something. I said, if I could do something else, man, give me one verse or two verse of Mr. Want Want. I want y'all to go fact check this shit. You show me any singles that went to radio at the length of what they are before talking like I bring it. Program director told me, dog, I don't know what you was on, but you have reinvented the single. Ain't no singles this short. And it makes it easier because after the second verse, nigga's done with you. You hear me? DJ's done with you. So we was able to split the video, talking like I bring it, and Mr. Womp, and that did it. I got both looks off. And I got my village with me, dog. Son, I was, it was bigger than life. I, it was it was bigger than life, bro. Up to this day, thinking about it was bigger than life, dog. I shot a video where the fuck bounce was invented, bro. Ghost town on the corner. You heard me? And I thought it was it was huge, bro. You heard me? Then went to the park where I grew up, played ball with my dad, my brother, my neighborhood, and it was huge, bro. Talking like that's what that gave the birth of that that confidence, that arrogance. You heard me to get that all, bro. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie to you. I still say if that's one of the hardest beats that to ever hit no limit. KLC. <laughs> KLC and him being open-minded to do it off of that rhythm pattern and bringing it to life. You know, it's like going to somebody and telling them, uh, make me make me a suit, bro. I, I think I see these colors or I think and they be like, how they say in the barbershop chat when the dude be like, bro, I want this, say less. Yeah, KL's, KL here to say less when he produced everything he done for me, but that Mr. Want Want was beyond incredible, bro. Right. And like, far as you're, like, and before as you going, like, fully mainstream, it was like commercial, I didn't see you know get your full flowers until make it say, uh, you went, mm -hmm. you went crazy. And like, you and Mia, you and Mia, like, like, took over that song. She, 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 Mia X is. Uh, Mia X is is the voice I think of when I think of women from New Orleans, how people hear us t to the rest of the world for a mature sister from down here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but Make It So Long was wild. I could have been lagging on my pen that day. You heard me? That boy Pete turned around and said, look, whoever finished their verse first, that's how the audience on the song get on the song. That's it. I went to writing on the wall on a piece of paper. My verse was done. He he had done his verse. That's why I'm second. Whoever you heard third, they must have been finished third. Whoever you heard fourth, they must have been finished yeah. fourth. You heard me? And always Mike on the cleanup. You heard me? Miss is going to clean up. You heard me? So, and so, like, if the first time you heard heard that song mm. and like actually I'm like and like you know you went hard like you was like dang man and I wrote that fast and I went hard like that I I spazzed I mean to <laughs> me 
it's like coach at that time. No limit. It was like coach, and if you're doing well and hot coach, if you you're starting quarterback or this running back or something, you know you're in the starting lineup type of thing. I felt like that about Maker said, uh, and that's not belittling no artist that was on the label. It was just um, bringing your craft to the table to 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 show up and show out for the company, and that's what I felt like on Maker said, uh, and performing it to this day feels it's just as good to know like. We did a good thing for hip hop too. You know what I'm saying? The city got joints no matter worldwide where you go from, you're gonna be known for cash money records. You're gonna be known for no limit records. You're gonna be known for seafood. You're gonna be known for the project. They're gonna hear you say, hey, baby. You hear me? Like, that's a good feeling. And people already know if they hear Mr. Womp, you associate with you. There go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you missed that one forever. That forever. You heard me? Anybody else want to come out with one if they got to see you? Boy, they ain't got to see me. They got to see the people. <laughs> the people going to get in their comments. They going to get on their ass. You heard me? Mr. Walt. Yeah, straight up. So, leaving from No Limit, you know, everybody about to jump into a whole different topic. Mm. And I got like a lot of questions with this. Like, sure. You know, I don't know actually when you became one. Mm -hmm. I'm like writer. Mm -hmm. I'm like for other Music artist, mm. but like we gonna, you know, I want to walk down the journey of that. Okay. So I've been a writer. Believe it or not, I've been a writer since as far as I remember getting in the game. Period. And more people I've written for, written with, and written for. You know what I'm saying? In uh, some aspects, I was a ghost writer, and sometimes I just was an additional writer. Sometimes I was the only writer. But um, if my name was on the credits in the writers, that's not ghost writing. For the people that I can't mention, that's why I, I go shredding. You know what I mean? But I love the writing aspect of it. I love it, bro, to see female artists, to give them a little pen game. You know what I'm saying? Like on the Trina's verse from Bad Bitch with Webby. You know what I'm saying? Like that's dope to me to see. This is how I honestly looked at it. Just to keep it one thousand, which I, it, is a, it would make it make a good living, right? But when I first did it, it came in as the aspect of just helping add more bricks to hip hop, I get to see my favorite artists last longer. You know what I'm saying? I get to see them have more years doing it. I get to see them do more shows and I'm involved in doing it. You know what I'm saying? It just so happened that there is a heavy, heavy check in writing. And as a writer, I, I'm proud of it because I get to be here no matter what my age is. You know what I'm saying? I don't have shelf life as a writer. You know what I mean? A writer be here forever. You know what I mean? Writing is paid for my wedding. You know what I mean? <laughs> writing, it wasn't cheap. You know what I mean? Writing, writing has does plenty. Writing, uh, once again, shout out to Musa, shout out to DJ Spin. You know what I mean? Shout out to Kelsey, shout out to Mike Karen, APG, shout out to Artist Publishing Group. That good writing, my good writing, that, like I said, your good, your good writing ass got me to signing a publishing deal the same day with the same company with Bruno Mars. Me and Bruno Mars signed the same day. Right. From New Orleans. Captain New Orleans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, far as being a writer, mm -hmm. like, what do you feel like is the biggest song like that you ever on like, written for? Um The biggest song I had writing for. That is a very good question. Um, I'ma say Girl Tonight got me my first BMI award for writers. That was with Trey Songs and Twister, produced by Jim Johnson. Um, 
a couple I I, I can't mention because I was a, a ghost, a ghost right. rider. So that's what I wanted to get on. Right, to. right. So like in this, you know, like there was the world saw what just happened mm. to someone that was a writer, mm. like kind of make make um if the records like for the artist to hear and kind of go off of right like with um the guy or Quit Miller. Right, so right, like, right, right, right. So, like, as like, the writing, like, mm-hmm. do you think it's kind of crazy, like, you know, a person could be so accomplished as a writer or a ghostwriter and people don't know about it, just don't get no credit, and, like, as soon as a person gets a little credit, like, but the rapper, like, like, blackball them, mm-hmm. like, quick. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I'm from New Orleans, so by grace of God, I never had to encounter that because, you know, you know, we like you know, right. feel me like that wasn't played out well. And the dopest part yeah. about you is that you was already a music artist and already was known, right? And, and like before you went in full, I'm like ghostwriting mode. But believe it or not, it's supposed to be understood. You don't say nothing, right? Uh, well, because of the the schematics of the business, you know what I'm saying. You might have signed something, NDA. You know what I'm saying. So um, he just got, I, um. I don't know the full layout of his ordeal, but I think that someone outed him and maybe he didn't deny it. I wasn't there, you heard me? But uh, as a writer, to me, I want to see you win. So I like, I like that, you heard me? If, just, just to be clear, everybody ain't the same. If I could write and not be seen, I'd take that. To be rich, and be famous, just I'm gonna be clear. I would have took rich. That's why I didn't put out projects nationwide after no limit for a while, because I prefer to get money quietly. I put out a project with three six mafia called Headbusters. It made one point four million dollars in six months. I, I honestly prefer to not be seen and have money. Me personally. That's me personally. But everybody is different. But you also could take fame and could translate that into a currency too, right? So um Everybody different. I would love to write, but if your pen nice, they're going to find you. Oh, if your pen nice, they're going to find you. So, ain't no, I wrote that, nobody ain't say nothing. No, man. I Two things I live by. Someone's always watching and someone's always listening. If you if you could process that, everything that come out you and your actions, you will be okay with whatever the repercussions are because someone's always watching and someone's always listening. And also... Somebody's gonna get rich and somebody's gonna get famous. Somebody's gonna get rich. Somebody's gonna get famous. So me, I, I also, I, I kind of like as a writer for him. I felt bad because I think that might be the worst version of that life I've ever saw from the outside right. looking in. You know. Yeah, just speak on the right part. But but I also you know heard if it's actually I'm like written for I'm at the Rough Riders as well. Well, I was. I was a, a, I was an artist okay. at Rough Riders, so I got to produce. Well, I mean, like you know, certain artists and stuff. You know, um, it's a whole. I played my part. Yeah, I played my part, but I didn't. I didn't. As a producer, I did more than actual writing lyrics. Okay. As a pro- I produced more cuts like for Jadakiss, featuring Young Jeezy, something else. Jadakiss featured myself, Young One and Eight Ball, uh, which arrived for writing wise. It got in effect a little after Rough Riders. Producer wise, I question to this day, I should have just kept my drum machine underneath my arm and just stayed living in New York. But I went to jail in New York and it made me be like, yeah, uh, 
man, I might got to go home. You remember? I'm out just trying to do this, but I'm this happening. If they don't have them 60 days in New York to get out like New Orleans. Man, Brown, <laughs> listen, bro. I went to jail for a gun charge. Thank God my stick was clean. You heard me? And I don't mean on no braggadocious shit. I'm saying I never shot this firearm at the gun range clean. You heard me? Um, so it made it difficult. It changed everything. I'm signed a Rough Rider. It, they just bought four tracks from me, just stroked me a nice check. You heard me? 9 11 just happened. I decided to drive. I, I ain't flying no fucking way. You heard me? I drove out there and um, got out there. Four days later, I went to jail. Phones ain't working. I'm stacking buffalo meat sandwiches and shit, milk. <laughs> so hey, you were the jail in New York right after 9/11. Oh, right. I'm about to say before, after 9/11. Right after 9/11. And so that probably was crazy time. Yeah, phones were, it was horrible, bro. It was it was spooky. Everybody to keep it the one thigh while with you. You know what I mean? Like, bro, like, what the fuck? And because people didn't really know what was going on in the world. Around it was wild, dog. They had a dude, um. A Middle Eastern cat in a hotel like a block up from us, and they were so paranoid. Once I bonded out, that like they was they they tracked it from the airport to this hotel and they surrounded the hotel and they was aiming to kill him. There wasn't no catch, bring it like that's how you heard me crossing the street, crossing the street, right? Police at every corner. You heard me. Uh, uh, metal detectors at certain corners to, you know, like, it was, bruh, it was like, what the fuck, bro? Um, it was wild, son. I was in there and, um, they gave me, but it, I never forget, but it gave me a yellow little jumpsuit, some slippers. I was like, bitch, I ain't gonna need these, you know what I mean? Like, you tripping, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm about to get out of here. I, I ain't even go all that with back and forth with the guard. I just was like, you tripping, you heard me? Like, you know what I'm saying? But look, but listen, round boy, you know, we're from the city. I was negotiating everything with that boy. That boy, you heard me? I had a couple of people in the car with me. That shit was funny. I remember that boy, JD, because was like, yo, B, I heard such and such throw all the weed on your pop's lap when the people pulled up on y'all. He said, yo, we're going to fuck that boy. <laughs> he like, we're going to fuck that boy up when we see him, right? I wasn't even supposed to leave the studio, you know what I mean? But this cat was, I don't know, right? This cat. Man. So I was like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get my own shit and I'm going to come back. You know what I mean? I got a brand new truck, you know what I mean, boy? I got the Tony Soprano Suburban. <laughs> you know what I mean? That bitch is burgundy. You know what I mean? I'm like, I right, bust a turn, go to Harlem, but the home. Man, bust a U-turn. I said, dog, I'm not hitting no U-turn with these dog windows. They can't see my, my uh, temp tag and shit. Boy, that boy said, I'm from New York, man. You need to, man, man, just trust me, yo. Boy, I bust that U-turn. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> you hear me? Nigga pulled up, boy, you saw this here. Freeze, move, and I kill you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, I ain't, you ain't got to kill me. You hear me? <laughs> you ain't got to do that. What's my other options? You feel me? So uh, the boy from the backseat jumped and, uh, and for, like put over my daddy's shoulders and dropped all the weed. And we had to buy this baggage. You know, it wasn't selling no halves, nothing like that, right? So it was buku baggage. My daddy looked at me, just shook his head, you heard me? <laughs> he just looked at me and just didn't nod his head at me and didn't do it. I said, we're looking for cracking guns, you heard me? I said, well, I ain't got no crack. <laughs> you feel me? I had my book bag on, I had my little tool in there. And I, it was my turn. Take the charge, everybody, you know what I'm saying? Get out, you heard me? And um, I'm happy I did because I had people with me and... Um, you know, a lot of you know, my people couldn't afford to go back. It'd be something else. 
And uh, I remember being in, in a holding, uh, not the apartment, a holding cell, dude talking reckless. Yeah, they called me eight ball. You hear me? That's the, the, the detective, whatever he was. You hear me? That's how they called me eight ball. I'm about to fuck all over y'all. That's how he talking. I'm like, this nigga tripping. You know? So the little dude running his mouth, yo. Y'all don't be messing with this label like that. I'm like, man, shut the fuck up, man. This ain't got nothing to do with no rap. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Just shut up, bro. Just shut up. <laughs> he like, y'all wouldn't mess with this label like that. I'm like, bro, them people don't even know us from this. What are you talking about? Bro, them people got, this is a simple pullover. I'm not from here. He trying yeah. to make it something else. Oh, my God, dog. I'm like, I said, sir, whatever you got to do to get him out of here, this is my charge. Just get him from around me. He gonna make it worse. Please get him wrong, dog. <laughs> so picture right in front of us, you know I mean? So he's singing himself out, whatever. He, I was like, whatever. So we um, we kept it moving. I got in the jail cell. Um, me and my dad was back there. So my daddy don't trip, you know. I'm gonna just whatever. So my daddy got to just get me out. Shout out the Rough Riders, bro. They got three lawyers just for shit for brothers. Having shit that happens, you know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie to you, like being a part of Rough Rider, I know that, I know you got some way more crazy stories than that. Son, that's a whole nother world. But bro. I wanna fast forward, like, what the studio sessions was like being in there with DMX and Jada Kiss, like, that's some lyrical hey, gods. Hey, bro, I, I won't forget one day we was in Powerhouse Studios in Yonkers, New York, and um, they had us sitting at a round table just writing, you know, one beat. All y'all get to it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting at the table, um, X wasn't there, but I'm being like the, the, the likes of Kiss, Styles P, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like a Eve or somebody, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like just imagine upcoming artists and these also these namesake artists that are already big in the life for Rough Rider. And that was just dope, man. We was writing, writing that shit was wild. Rough Rider was dope, but right at that table with them MCs, it was good. And Kiss respected my pen. Styles respecting my pen, and likewise of them, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's why I'm about to give you all of your flowers as well. From being from New Orleans, matter of fact, being from the South, we're going to speak on like a broader scale now, because every New York didn't respect the South, especially they pen. Not everybody. It, like, I'm talking about like just right. the media, the way oh, they painted the yeah, picture. Yeah, so for yeah, you to yeah. even get signed to one NY label was another accomplishment. It, it was, <laughs> was through. I'm going to take a trip, y'all, right? I signed a Rough Rider. We used to go in Harlem and battle dudes on the block, right? Two, three in the morning, dog. Just battling, bro. I'll never forget this shit. Dragon was battling this dude. This dude was trying to give it to Drag, bro. You heard me? He was, oh, he was reaching. Drag was just probably just trying to get some things together. You heard me? And Drag is, Dragon is nice, huh? But he, he was... He had his boys, the other guy had his boys with him, bucking him up. So it was a dope battle, right? Man, I like, drag, let me get this motherfucker. <laughs> Boy, I got in this bitch. I'm talking about serve that boy, son. I saw somebody do this. Yo, B, he sound like Fiend, yo. You hear me? While rapping, dog. And Moo was like, that boy said, you sound like Fiend, dog. Down south. Something from down south. I ain't never like, yeah, that's me. You know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> serving him. So I never forget this shit, bro. Like, all kind of MCs it was meeting up in Harlem. Rough Rider, I pull up on a block. We just battling, dog. One dude uh, realized where I, who I was and where I was from, from Brooklyn. I'll never forget this, you know what I mean? Bunch of dudes, they was dressing red, you know what I mean? I don't know what they did, but they were dressing red. <laughs> you know what I mean? These cats, we was in NYO, we was battling. And this dude said, son, son, no disrespect, but I think you like, you like, you you know, you taking this kid's son, this, this kid's sound, 
fiend from down south, you hear me? You battling, I think that ain't even fair, you hear me? And then I was like, dog, I am fiend, bro, you hear me? And that was a whole nother something. So to say that, I think, I think some East Coast people could look at like, you know, that's the birth of hip hop. And, you know, I'm the first to do this. So maybe it's a prideful something. But hip hop was created off of jazz which is birthplace in New Orleans. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? So I like to give that fun fact of when we're talking about music, but, um, you know, it's the birthplace on the bridge of hip-hop, and I just felt like we done it some justice on telling, giving our version of it, too. But you're right, though. You know what I mean? They thought all we did was, that, you know, we're good for making party music and stuff, but um, when I got there, I'm quite sure some of the MCs, too, but when I got there... Kiss and Styles let me know off the off the off the dump. They were like, "This motherfucker nigga crazy, dog." You hear me? Like the Styles used to walk in the, in the when I'm recording, be like, "Fiend, say something for us, dog." You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Shout to Styles P, man. Like, yeah, man. So battle rapping. Like, did you ever battle anyone actually before? Are they into us? Yeah, yeah. I, I battled some cats in the quarters before you know even catching a real real break. And um, even after catching a break, I've been in St. Louis. You hear me? Somebody might be disrespectful. Let's get, let's get it, bitch. Let's get. You know what I'm saying? I hear me. Like I don't do it often as much, but I still practice it in post. Like if I post something, I still I spit a verse more in a a battle rap kind of texture, because that's also where I'm from too. I'm a hip hop baby, bro. Rock Kim, you know what I'm saying? Big Daddy Kane. These are lyricists. You know what I'm saying? Like of their own walking right and um so i still carry that in me a little bit too but yeah definitely battled in the city if anybody out there we've battled before not and gave you one of these it's all love you're just telling my verse <laughs> yeah just speaking of battle like the only other person i heard from the wall is talk about he loved the battle and like he didn't mind battling whoever mm -hmm. was another person from holly grove shout out on like to the legend skip Oh, for sure. And Skip said, man, oh, he still sure. battled for $50. Oh, right, right now, right now. <laughs> Skip a gold man. Shout out to Skip. I remember when Skip told me he was going to rap. You heard me? We was in Holly Grove by Mrs. Jones' house in the yard. And he said, man, I should do this shit. And you know what? If I do it, I'm going to have to be colder than you. You heard me? So get ready. You heard me? I said, I'm bro. I said, I said, yeah, Skip. Yeah, Skip. Shout out to Skip. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to my 17 family. The boys doing great things over there. Off of Claiborne, always donating to the kids. I don't see a lot of publicity about that, but um, chicken and watermelon donate endless amounts of bikes, um, tools, and resources um, to the community. So shout out to Skip for that. Ryan, the whole team over there, bro. I appreciate and respect you um, already, but even more so for you taking that extra step to pour back in the community, bro. I love you for that, bro. Gotcha. So, you know, back on your journey, like... Leaving New York. Hey. So when did you become on an international jumps? Oh. And, and 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 like when did you hook back up with I'm like Musa and like you know worked on bringing this every this big every this big independent label. Hey. I'm like jet life together. Jet life. Come on, man. Just enjoy this shit. See what happened. Moo had always been there. I seen management and CEO potential. And Musa then, and he didn't need a cosign to do it. You know what I mean? He didn't need a cosign to do it. He just was already doing it. This person was already pouring into us. 
like this. You know what I'm saying? Keep in mind, to be able to share these type of vibes or share this type of education, everybody ain't got to give you the game. Everybody ain't got to give you the sauce. So I think that he always had, I think, what you call a non-biased opinion of things. And I think that helped me a lot. You know what I'm saying? He don't like what you're doing just because you're his dog, you're his brother. If he like it, he going to let you know, motherfucker, you did that. You hear me? Or this is what I think we need to do to get it here. You know what? I think you need a, I think you need a shuttle bus. We need to wrap that shit. I'm telling you, we need to do this. Look, I'm like, right now, you need to buy you some jewelry. You need a watch. You need a chain. You hear me talking that shit, but you got you to gotta wear it, you know? He always saw the vision of the extra things, dog. Love this fucking brother. You hear me, dog? He is the brother that my mom did not have for me. You feel me? Like, I mean, literally, him and his family, he was the person that said, there is no giving up on you. You hear me? We'll just figure how to move the chess pieces around. You know what I'm saying? So, he had already been on the road. I think Spitter saw what me and Moo was doing and saw the potential of, well, damn, if Musa could manage me, Maybe I could get, you know, my ducks in a row too. You heard me? So Moo was getting on the road with with Spitter, um, with the Young Money thing when Spitter got with Young Money and they did their collaboration and he used to be hitting me up saying the road is going good, man. We're doing this and we're doing that. The Rough Rider thing uh, didn't um, completely go where it needed to go because they had such a huge... Um, accident or I'm gonna say incident um maybe it was a reason I'm not sure but um the brother D Dean had gotten to a bad motorcycle accident and he was the head and or the person that stayed in the studio on everything that we love from Rough Rider to, to make it sound like it sound before it came out he was there to give final ears on that so he was out of commission for a while recovering and Rough Rider being such a tight-knitted family, real family, that um, they put poured the energy on him recovering. So my career was at a, it wasn't at a standstill, but it was at a point where I still had to survive and create and keep my brand as an artist going, right? So they allowed me to put out independent projects while I was signed to them with a full-fledged record deal, bro. And not ask for one penny off it. You know what I'm saying? So I did all shout this. Out to them shout out to Rough Riders, bro. Shout out to Wadeen. Shout out to Keisha. Shout out to Alima Dean. Shout out to Siobhan Dean. D Dean. Mom and Papa Dean. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, Matter of fact, I didn't even ask you. Like, Let's bring it a little bit back right quick. It's all good. Uh, how did you build that relationship with them? And like, how did you end up signing to them? Funniest shit ever how I get with Rough Rider. I had Wendy Day in one corner. Shout out Wendy Day, but I interviewed her. Shout out to Wendy Day. I had Wendy Day in one corner speaking on my behalf with her relationships to Rough Rider. She think, I think you'll make a good fit. DMX is going to do uh, movies. He's going to do more movies, right? And your voice would be crazy to, you know, to help out. He's doing movies to bring something else to the table. Bruh. So that's that, right? That's that motion, right? Bruh, why did a local street team guy for Rough Rider sent to Rough Rider my independent project, Can I Burn? I'm a person already with a gold album, right? 
I don't know, makeup set, all kind of stuff. I got a, a all I got 1.3 million albums sold between my own two individual releases, right? This dude sent my independent project off the Rough Rider saying he discovered me. Funniest shit ever, bro. And Rough Rider not knowing they were listening to their street team guy. And also, I think it was the look from um, Wendy Day as well, helping on the business. And I'm not discrediting it, but I thought it was not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have Google. Evidently, the internet was not busting. Because <laughs> 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 I, I seen him and I was saying, so, but that's how Rough Rider got a whiff of what was going on with me. You know I me, mean? but when we dropped um, Street Life, I met Styles P at the Source Awards, so they were like some of the artists were familiar. Um, shout out DJ Clue, shout out the um, Premier. Um, these people, E, these people were aware of me, but as far as I guess the CEOs was oblivious, having a, 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 a marquee staple artist like DMX doing what he was doing at the time. But we linked up, bro, and the rest was history. Rough Rider was like, shit, this a go. We about to get a Southern artist. You know what I mean? That got this type of energy. We about to go crazy. Like we going global. We going global, baby. <laughs> and for the record, I signed the deal because of my fans. I was comfortable at home selling thirty five to 50,000 units, independent of getting seven fifty to $8 a record, being fucking rich. <laughs> at home. You know what I mean? But my fans, it's always about the fans the people that decided to walk with you from the beginning. And it was about us getting that platinum, double platinum, whatever that was out there for us, for them to brag about in the barbershops about their favorite person. And I really wanted to give that on to my fans, excuse me, my believers. You heard me? They ain't fans, they my believers. And I wanted to do that for myself too. But it was always for the fans, me signing these deals like that when we could have just stayed independently and done pretty well already, you know? But I have real respect for her and I have a real relationship with her. Like, how did you meet on like Wendy Day? And also, what does Wendy Day mean um, actually to like hip hop? Hmm. I think that's a very good question. Wendy Day, how did I meet Wendy Day? Um, I think that, if I'm not mistaken, I think a good friend of mine, a good brother of mine, Charlie Braxton, possibly introduced me to Wendy Day because. At that time, late 98, um, 90, no, at that time, like 99, bringing in 2000, we were renegotiating our deals with No Limit. And I wanted my lawyer to look at it, and he did, and we were figuring out what can we do. But then it got to a point, I think the communication got bad. So for some reason, instead of not only thinking I just needed my lawyer, I think I heard the story of how when they, they had got artists out of deals that they wanted to be better deals. So what happened was, I got with Wendy. And from when Wendy, she said, you want to be rich or you want to be famous? You know? And I told her, honestly, I'd rather, I, I'd rather be rich. You know? So she was like, well, you, could, you got some money to put out your own project. I'm like, my house paid for it. I could just get a mortgage on my house, take a loan on it, get a mortgage. And uh, the ball started rolling from there. She toured with me while I had my independent project out, Can I Burn? 
She introduced me to a pretty good lawyer then. Uh, rest in peace, Jay Quattrini. She introduced me to Jay Quattrini. He did a lot of legal work for me on on entertainment lawyer side. And uh, eventually we got the deal with, um, with Rough Rider. But she also helped me build... Um, my name was one thing, but I wasn't with going to introduce myself to everybody. Yeah, I just wanted to roll up, smoke me an L, and make music. So she got me out that little box, you know what I mean? And she introduced me to David Banner, made him work. Uh, she uh, introduced me to Twister. These people that was aware of me, but the introductions, you know, I didn't make the introductions happen, you know what I mean? Um, introduced me to Twister, Speeding Out Mobsters, we went to work in. Uh, George Daniels, who owned the record shop out there in Chicago, she traveled with me, bro. She didn't have to do that. Um, shout out to Wendy Day for really, really pouring her time and her resources into me um, at that time. You know, she still um, is a phone call away or um, accessible. We really, really need some advice or something. Um, how important is Wendy Day? I say that is, she's a, she was, she was and is important. And I think she will continue to be important. Um, the volume of that, it, it, um, I think is enormous. Um, but I also think that everyone has their own version and story and business of what they do to determine what. Some transactions could be like this. Some transactions could be for the long haul, you know. But I think she is another uh, pillar in this industry um, that if you want the, some real good information to apply to your sauce. She is definitely one person to visit for that. All right, shout out to Tony Gidry, too. You heard me? I am the connect at uh, yeah, yeah, Art Vazo. Shout out my guy. You heard me? Him and uh, Rap Juggernaut Kingpin. You heard me? Shout out to him as well. All right, for sure. <laughs> so, close to 25 years being in this. Right, I guess so, right? I got to ask you this like, question. Damn, right? So, what do you enjoy most about being in the music industry? And mm -hmm. tell us what do you actually hate about it. Uh, what I enjoy about being in the industry is right now I'm at a point I'm just making my contribution to hip hop. Yeah, I get to be a vessel and be great. My son is watching, you know what I'm saying? My daughters are watching. And I don't have to be perfect. I just need to be a version that they could process that exists. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, um, what I love about hip hop is the thought of making nothing to something. You know, what I love about hip hop is artistically expression, expressing yourself about life, life imitating art. You know what I'm saying? You know, excuse me, art imitating life is what I love about hip hop. You hear I me? Mean? Um, you can get it this way instead of being out in the streets doing something illegal. It's an option. Hip-hop, somebody decided to create a genre of music that we were all able to take care of our families off one way, shape, or form, or fashion. You know what I'm saying? You got um, media outlets because of the culture, right? Breakfast Club, you know, Men Out of the Game, Nola Zine, who got that fire? I sure about to throw in Nola Zine. <laughs> yeah, man. We got all these Donnie, Donnie Houston, you know, you got... Whoever you want to think about, bro, um, Shade Room, you know, whatever you want to think about. TMZ, you hear me? Our culture does a lot on there for traffic. You hear me? World Star, shout out to that boy. He, he passed some years back. Uh, ATL Top 20. 
uh, Dirty Glove Bastard, Say Cheese. It goes endless because of hip-hop. People got to keep the lights on because of a culture that they say was created in the Bronx. I think that's dope. I think that because we did well with it in our area, we're able to not only eat off it, right? And, like, if they also say, like, you know, if, if the hip-hop is is um, dangerous, but I also say hip-hop probably saved over, like, saved, uh, saved, like, millions of lives by, by, by helping people make legal income and, like, be able to hire people in the hood and, like, you know, people, people, like, actually hip-hop changed the life of so many people in different ways, like, actually, actually helping friends and becoming on like, sports agents. All kind of stuff came from hip-hop. Fashion designers, like, people never thought about putting that on a t-shirt like hip-hop has done a lot for the world yeah it is right <laughs> it is the number one leading influential culture in the world right presently is making 20.7 billion dollars a year you know somebody eating out there right okay hip-hop um i'm gonna tell you what i don't like about hip-hop that was a great segment. I knew it was coming. <laughs> what i don't like is no one wants to be accountable you know what I mean? Show me the people that are sending their people to college, their kids to colleges and got retirement uh, plans set up, yacht living off of that. Never have to be the face of this shit, but they eating off of it. Hip hop does what dangerous? If that's the case, you may as well say Grand Theft Auto dangerous too. If that's the case, you may as well say movie directors are dangerous too. You know what I'm saying? If that's the case, it's a dangerous job. Flight, flight, flight pilots and flight attendants is a dangerous job too. Being a welder is dangerous too. Everything dangerous too. Come out house. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, and our skin is a whole nother subject. But I'm, I like to look at it like um, people are going to also have a problem with the culture that's the most influential culture in the world. It's like a commodity, like coffee or something. You got a problem with it because I can make it every day. I ain't got to ask you to make it. I wake up and live it. We are the culture. You know what I mean? So um, that's what I don't like about hip-hop. What I don't like about hip-hop is we're not a one-trick pony, but we keep falling for the bait. I don't want to have an opinion on another person how they making their red beans. If you like it like that, man, you want hot sauce in your shit, you do your shit. You want uh, ketchup in yours, you do yours. You want sugar in your your I don't want to knock it how your recipe works for you. But just keep in mind that the recipe exists because somebody was selfless. You know what I'm saying? So the genre wins. The genre wins. I'm a proud. I'm proud to be a part of it and still a part of it to this day. You know, I think we have to acknowledge um, the forefathers of it, um, like they do in country and rock and folk and things like that. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear people down in Dolly Parton. You know, you don't hear people down in um, uh, Kid Rock because he's still. You know. You don't have people down in Aerosmith. They uplift their forefathers that that paved the way. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the only thing, another thing I dislike about hip hop. We'll throw away our people because of age. When there's so much wisdom that that could be learned and poured into the new version of this. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So tell us, actually, I'm like, what's next for you? Oh, I'm getting ready to drop a new project, Coolers in Session 3, you heard me? Of course, as always, a Jet Life Fiend Digital, you heard me? Which is now going by Forever Determined. 
FDE, you know what I'm saying, release that comes out on May 13, which is my birthday. You know what I mean? So whenever you are getting this, I hope you enjoy the project. Cool is in session three, featuring Paul Wall, you heard me, out Houston, Texas. Production by the Honorable C Note, you heard me, um, Mecca, myself, um, the regime, and uh, a couple of the dope ass cast that you know about. But the project is priceless, you know, featuring Mac. Oh, I'm gonna forget that. Featuring Mac on the project, featuring Liv from um, out the, um, the Trail Life uh, family out there out of Jackson, Mississippi, um, and a whole other surprise. I got movies, more movies, TV episodes coming out. I also have a show called Who Got That Fire? You can check that out on Fiend TV on YouTube. Um, I got a single uh, I produced out right now uh, for Queen Queasy. You heard me check that out. It's called Designer Pussy. The song is crazy. YouTube, the video, Designer Pussy, just like I'm saying it. You heard me? Ladies, if you're watching this, this is a song you should put before you get dressed and after you taking them off. This is just, this is just a vibe, you heard me? You know, some boozy uh, player shit, some boozy ratchet shit called Designer Pussy by Queen Queasy. It's out right now, I produced it. This, uh, this song is crazy. Yeah, shout out to Boss Man Riv. I'm working on him, you heard me? Uh, Dubs the Hash out of Atlanta, another artist I'm producing and working with. Mecca, you heard me? An amazing producer out of New Orleans, he's crazy. We're doing some great things. He's doing a lot of production on it, and we're doing some co-production with each other. And uh, the homie Mossy out of out of Carolina. We're working on some things. Um, and a few other people. I don't want to blow no surprises, you know what I mean? But most importantly, man, follow me on Instagram, 504-Fiend, 504 If that was my next question. Yeah, you know what I mean? I was about to end it off, but last but not least, tell everyone, what can they find you? Well, you heard the man. You can find me on IG, 5 Fiend. You know I mean? Now, check us out. We're from New Orleans, so we say O, but we mean zero. All right, so five zero four F I E N D Fiend is on Instagram. Fiend is on Facebook. Fiend for the money on Twitter. That's F I E N D, the number four D A money. And on Snapchat, it's a Fiend Womp Womp. You heard me? W H O M P W H O M P. All right, we done. Yeah, yeah. Uno three zeros. Shout out Nozine, Jet Life, Jones, Iron Gang. Blue. <laughs>